Welcome to When We Speak, where we shed stigmas, say goodbye to shame, strengthen ourselves, and encourage others. I am your host, Tasha Hunter. This is a podcast where I am blending the intersections of race, gender, sexuality, faith, and trauma. If there is a topic that most people say we're not supposed to talk about, I'm talking about it because that is how we heal. We don't heal in silence. We heal by speaking out. Hey, today I have my friends, Andrea Johnson, Rakina Barnes, and Crystal Jones. Uh, Thank you all for being here with me. And Andrea, if you would introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah, thank you, Tasha. Thank you for having me, having us here with you. Uh, My name is Andrea Johnson. I'm a licensed mental health counselor here in Jacksonville, Florida. I do have a private practice, Connected Conversations Counseling, where I primarily focus working with Black women who are um, tangling with their perfectionism and people-pleasing due to childhood relational traumas. I'm also a veteran, Army veteran, uh, ex-air traffic controller at this point in my life, just therapist, doing what I can to help the community, helping my sisters. Thank you so much. Uh, Rakina. Thanks for having me, Tasha. My name is Rakina Barnes. I am a social worker by trade, located in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm mom to three beautiful children, 25, 13, and three. Um, Let's see, I do a few things professionally. So I'm IFS certified. I have a small practice and I also am an adjunct professor, um, advisor um, in academia where I teach um, social work classes and I do a lot of trainings with my master's degree students. And that also loops back into my IFS um, trainer track that I'm on right now to become an assistant trainer, very involved in the IFS community, particularly the BTR, Black Therapist Rock and IFS trainings. And the population that I serve currently are adults, uh, men and women of color. And a lot of the work that I do is around relationship injury and attachment, as well as how white supremacy and racism impacts those relationships. That's a big focus that comes into my work in addition to recovery work. Um, so work around adult children of alcoholics, some Al-Anon, some Debtors Anonymous. That's also work that I incorporate with the client population. Um, let's see. So that's me pretty much in a nutshell. And I look forward to this conversation. Thank you. Crystal. Hi, Tasha. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Crystal Jones. I am a licensed clinical social worker and I'm from Fredericksburg, Virginia. I um, have a small practice and um, I primarily work with BIPOC women to create safe spaces for them to be seen, heard and valued. Um, I love IFS. I am currently an assistant trainer mentee in this space and I've PA'd in this space and I'm also really interested in just more leadership from people of color and supporting supporting that. And so I think that starts with seeing people of color in, in leadership. And so I'm really excited about, I guess, the transition that IFS is taking in that movement. 
Um, I also have three children, 11, 14, and 16, and I'm just really enjoying this stage of their life when they're driving and going out with friends, and it's been really good parenting them. And I've also, uh, something else I'm very, um, I guess, proud of is my marriage of almost 20 years in August, we doing the thing. (laughs) So I'm really um, proud um, of that. That's that feels like a really big accomplishment to be able to be in relationship with someone that long and still like them, <laughs> you know, love them and still like them. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> um, just really glad to be here and really glad to be with Andrea and Rakina so we can chat it up today. Thank you so much, Crystal. Whenever I was planning this episode and I knew I wanted to have Andrea, you've been on my list to interview for um, a year. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and so then when I, when I was, I reached out to Crystal first and I was nervous to like, I'm always nervous to like ask people, will you be on my, my podcast? Mm-hmm. And then I, and I said, Crystal, do you mind? Like if I invite out, you know, I also want to invite uh, Rakeen. I want to talk to her, you know, and, and, and then on Andrea, she was like, yeah, we're, we're family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, right. we are family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More the better. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Andrea, uh, I, I really want to know what was, you know, for each of you, what was your introduction to IFS? IFS came into my peripheral um, when I joined the Facebook group, Black Therapist Rocks, which we're all, you know, we're all familiar with here. Um I had just finished up beginning my training in brain spotting um, and just, be, you know, being a newer therapist, um, wanting to identify a particular clinical modality approach that gave me ease and I didn't have to do mental gymnastics with. Um, so I started with brain spotting, jumped onto the Facebook group Black Therapist Rock and heard Duran talking about internal family systems and her experience with the modality while in the military. And as she talked about it, I was like, why does this make sense? And that's the, this is the way I've been hearing my clients speak in a, in parts, even if they weren't saying a part of me or um, something's telling me, I could still hear and see when they were jumping from upset, jumping to compassion jumping into, um, you know, hurt. I I could just hear it and see it. And so once I heard um, Duran talk about internal family systems, I kind of just went down this rabbit hole of just research on what does this training consist of? Because I remember her saying that she was going to bring it to the community for training. So I waited around at least a year and a half, two years, um, because I was going to take that training with BTR. And so that was my that was my introduction was seeing Black Therapist Rock in a Facebook group joining and hearing the leader Duran talk about it. That was my introduction. Rakina, mm-hmm. how about you? My introduction to IFS came as a client um, over ten years ago. I actually got a therapist, a social worker, um, who was IFS certified and trained in the model. And so she introduced the IFS model into my therapy work. 
And as we were going through the model and I was getting to know my parts and I'm burdening some of my parts, I thought, I want that. Like, I want to do that for my clients. Um, And so I got trained in 2014 um, and then in level one and then trained in level two, 2018. And when I was in the training in 2018, one of the participants introduced me to Duran and then I got hooked up with Black Therapist Rock for their first um, training back in 2018, 19. Um, and so that's kind of been my journey into not just the IFS community, but in collaboration with BTR, which I think is a whole nother experience, which I so appreciate and am grateful for. Thank you. And Crystal? So my first introduction into IFS was through a friend. Um, And for years, she would always talk about her experience in therapy. And I know I I was in and out of therapy at the time, but I I always recall my experience with therapy was pretty much talk therapy, right? And I just always remember just wanting to go deeper and knowing that there was something else deeper there, right? And she would just always tell me about these really deep experiences. And so fast forward years later, one time she was just like, I found the model that because she's also a therapist. She was like, I found the model, right, that my therapist is using. Um, and she let me know what the model was. Right. And after that, it was a wrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after that, um, I just started looking up things and incorporating a few of the practices in my own practice. Um, and then I think in 2017, I was able to have an opportunity Um, to do an intro to IFS with Frank Anderson. And I signed up in time enough to be his assistant on that training. And so that was what kind of sparked, you know, just my journey to go further. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I was in therapy and just the, you know, the struggle to, to even find a therapist. And I'd called so many people and the therapist on her, her website, she was saying that she was an IFS trained therapist. I'd never heard of it. Starting it, I remember she, she was introducing me. She was explaining the parts and asking me if I wanted to, to really get to know this particular part that I was working with. And Crystal, when you said that traditional talk therapy doesn't work, the, here's the, it was like this this moment and we, we've all because we're all IFS therapists have this moment where you can see that this client is like wow I don't know where this memory comes from but <laughs> and, right. and then I started exploring a, a memory from my childhood and then of course the waterworks and all these things and and her voice was so damn soft and I was like why is she talking like that <laughs> and she and she was like you can close your eyes or you can you can just soften your gaze and me and my PTSD was like I'm not doing either one of them but <laughs> and, but it was it was such a once my parts calmed down a little bit and just trusted the process every session just I was in awe mm-hmm. and, and she said are you a member of Black Therapist Rock and I said yeah um, I said, but I'm not on Facebook like that. And so she said, um, she said, you need to get connected. You need to, you, you know, and then I did life changing, life changing for sure. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, and, 
Kasha, I just wanted to say too, right, that I think talk therapy has its place, right? Like mm-hmm. it worked for what I needed at the time. Um, but but IFS being introduced to my system allowed me to go deeper in a way mm-hmm. that talk therapy could not, right? right. Like you mm-hmm. would just say, yeah, it's just a deeper level of like the memories that come up that, you know, just, yeah, it just, it, it's a deeper level of therapy that, that was mm-hmm. really good to my system. I, I agree. Uh, what was it? Um, do you remember a certain point? Um, and any of you can can answer first if you want. Uh, but do you remember a certain point where you remember being, oh, like this, this is, I believe in this. Is there a certain memory that you have or a certain interaction in training or even with your therapist where you say it, I believe in this. This is, this is what I need. And this is what I need for my clients. I'll, I'll jump. I'll, I'll say it. I'll go. I remember going to, it may have been the second VTR conference up in Maryland, the DMV area. I can't remember if it was like the first or the second one, but um, I remember Chris, Chris Boris, he was invited to come and to talk with everyone about, uh, about IFS. And that was the only reason why I even went to that conference. I was like, let me see this thing in action decided last minute to, you know, hey, I'm taking PTO. I'm out. I'll be back in about four days. Flew up there and someone volunteered to do a demo. I think Chris ran that demo for at least between like 30, 45 minutes. And I was blown away. I call it the drop-in. You know, once you, you know, IFS will drop you down deep into your soul, you know, and so I, I'd seen how Chris just flowed with the participant. And I was like, right. I said, the ease that's coming with this, the not having to overthink what's happening and allowing this other human being to join you and helping, you know, join me in figuring out what's happening, what's going on and why they're suffering, why they're hurting the way that they are. I was like, this is it. Like, this is how I want to be as a therapist. This is how I want to, quote unquote, do therapy. So, yeah, that that was that was a pivotal moment that made me confirm, like, yep, I'm signing up payment plan and all. I ain't got all the coinage right now, but if you got a payment plan, I'm on it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Uh, Rakina, how about you? I think it's a combination for me of therapy when I first um, was able to access my young part um, and do some work around that um, and the feeling internally that I had from that. And then going forward in the training communities, like Andrea said, the demos every time just validate like this is some good shit, (laughs) right? Like, like if you want to heal for real, like if you for real about your healing journey, come get some IFS in your life, you know? And so, um, yeah, that was it for me. It is good shit though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Keep coming back. It's mm-hmm. like a drug. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think my, um, in addition to what Andrea and Rakina said, it was, it's the sense of community for me, like um, for me to be able to not only have compassion for my own parts, right, but to have compassion for maybe people or situations that I wouldn't usually have compassion for. And so in my first training, just seeing this community 
um, established where there was vulnerability. That felt really good for my system because, you know, I think in a lot of places, I don't think there was a place for my vulnerability, right? For me to, for me well, to do my healing work, for me to say, you know, I have perfectionist parts, but what's really under that is I'm feeling not worthy, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. where, where where is a place where you can say that, right? And everybody is like saying a me too, or, you know, just kind of subgroup in that. Um, so I just felt like there was some healing in just doing that work in community and having people to relate to those feelings that we don't usually want people to see, <laughs> right? And so now, so for me, my IFS community, is not a place where I have to hide, right? I can I can say these are the feelings underneath that, and and I can and I can have compassion for my own parts, and I can also have other people have compassion for those parts of me too. So I don't have to put on, right? And even when I do, like Andrea says, you, you're gonna get dropped down. <laughs> I can come in there with that perfectionism. I can come in there with all them parts activated, but I'm gonna leave out. <laughs> Like, all right, all right, I'm I'm good. (laughs) Drop down. (laughs) That is so true. That is so true. Yeah. When I took training last year, I'm always, there's this question that, that I have a part that always wants to know who is real and what is real. And I remember sitting in training, the vulnerability, it, it was my system at times felt a bit overloaded. I've, I've never sat through a training where somebody was just being real with, with their experiences and their pain. And I said, Oh, this is real, real. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so the, it, it, between already being in therapy, but then taking the training, it, it's kind of like it, it cemented it. It brought everything together, you know, ha- having that. And I thought, Oh, this, this is, this is a different level here. This is I'm always talking about heart talk and, and leading with your heart and all of this straight up. It was, it was full heart. I said, oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's not our norm, right? I think that's, that's what we're talking about here. Like that's not our norm to be able to be in spaces where we can be raw and there's literally nothing wrong. There's no measurement, no judgment placed right. upon it. It just is. And it's accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I could I could talk about that from a more broader stance, like how this how our country operates in this individualism. Right. But just think about what it's like as black women. Right. We're four black women here, professional black women, brilliant black women. And do you know, like the hoops we've had to go through. Right. That push us and force us to have to show up so hard and guarded and on our P's and Q's and having to operate from up out of excellence. But really it's cold for perfectionism because <laughs> that's how we gotta, gotta be to a huge degree to get what we want. So being able to have such spaces like what you're talking about, Tasha, what you're talking about, Crystal, or Kim, it's like, it's, it's so important. It's been important and it's been needed. Yeah. And you know what too, Andre, and just in addition to that, right? being in healing spaces where you don't have to caretake other people. Like we can hold space for one another. Right. But I can like my, my caretaking job, I can take off of that and just trust other people's systems to do what they need to do and hold them in community. Right. Like that's huge for me. That's huge for my caretaking part. That's been caretaken since, you know, I'm the big sister, right. I've always been taught 
you take care of your little sister, right? And even into adulthood. And so to be in a space where I don't have to take care of anybody, I can trust that their system, that they're doing the work in their system they need to do and hold them in community is huge. It's huge. And it it continues to be healing to understand that people can work in their system without me having to interfere. That's big. And I, I love I love this conversation, which Andrea and, and Crystal and Tasha, you brought up. It makes me also think about just being in the presence for me, like when when I'm in a VTR training, IFS training, just being a witness to somebody else's healing process as another person of color. That is healing for me, you know, um, and also not having to explain like all the stuff we have to do in systems, right? We can actually be present in the moment and heal collectively and individually versus having to have all these protectors up. Like, hold on a second. Like, you don't even see me. Wait a minute. I have to go and explain to you. It's just big. And I think that's the beauty of um, BTR and IFS communities because it's intentional, to make that space for us. So I agree. Yeah, it's um you know, when I think about the the Black Therapist Rock and 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 just the community too, um being a part of IFS, it brought back memories of prior to being a therapist when I worked in predominantly white spaces and just certain things that I've been through in my life. And I would second guess like am I the problem? Am I <laughs> is it me? I'm, I'm bringing up issues. I'm, some things aren't, it's just not making sense. Is it me? But thankfully, because of IFS, I'm saying, oh no, honey, you've been here before because this thing happened and that thing happened and, and how you are responding. That is your system making you aware and, and really working its hardest to protect you in that moment. It's not just you. That's it. And there's so much power. There's so much power in that between IFS and BTR is where I got the languaging for what was happening in my system in response to white supremacy culture. Right. Because we can just easily go on like that coasting, but not even have a, a realization of what our body and our parts are responding to. And being in those spaces gave me some language, which really empowered me to kind of dismantle some of that shit, <laughs> you know, in my own system, caretaking and, you know, explaining, like you said. So, so yeah. Yeah. What are some things that, or at least one thing that you've actually learned about yourself as it, you know, because of either being in the community or, or being an IFS therapist? And I know that's a loaded question. That's a lot. I just learned that there's layers to this. There's layers to this person, right? Like what I guess what I didn't really realize is like, even though like in my head, I'm like, eh, I didn't go through anything too bad. You know, my, my family life was cool, but some, some, some wounding happened at a very early age with just small messages, right? Like I probably like in first grade, there were two crystals, right? Um, I was big crystal and there was a little crystal, right? Little crystal had long, beautiful hair, right? And my pony, like I had these little short nappy ponytails, <laughs> right? But in that, in, in first grade, I got the messaging that what crystal had was better than me. Um, that, well, that where crystal was preferred 
and I wasn't, right? And so a lot of my work has gone back to first grade with that initial messaging and it has blown my mind because what I picked up from that is not good enough. You know, uh, my hair is not good enough. My skin tone is not good enough. Who I am is not good enough. And that was from the first grade, right? And so just kind of seeing how that's been reinforced all through my life and just not even knowing that I picked up that, that messaging that early, has rocked my world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my world. A lot of things have taken me back to childhood. And I was just like, man, I didn't even attach that meaning to this. Like, yeah, like how how am I still responding to childhood stuff in my adult life? Right. And, and I'm a therapist. I know it, but in my own system, it was it just and, and it could take me right back to the exact moment, blew my mind, still blows my mind. And also how much wisdom that little girl had and has as well that I, that I'm just now being able to tap into. So that, so that's been the beautiful process of healing. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tasha, that is a loaded question. That was good. Crystal, that core, that core understanding of like what's happening within you and what has happened. So this is, it feels like a loaded, it is a loaded question. Like what one thing I've learned about myself I think in a, there's quite a few things, but I think in a more broader general sense is that like, (laughs) I have the right to change. I'm supposed to change. And I can really do that from a place of real, true, like authenticity and from my truth. Who I'm supposed to be or I'm going to be is ever evolving. I know that through IFS, it gives me that opportunity to like have an acceptance of that, right? I don't have to be hard on myself. I can do that dismantling, right? A white supremacy culture. Like if I say I want to rest and I don't want to grind and hustle, like it's because it's the truth that grinding and hustle ain't it for me. That's not how I want to operate. That's not how my body is supposed to be operating. And I can change that. I can change it because I understand who I am and what I need from a deeper level. It's not because of what somebody else is telling me. Like I can tap in and understand what it really means to take care of myself and pivot, right? I can get to know myself and who I am unapologetically. Yeah, that that feels complete. Oh. <laughs> and so that it was is so deep. <laughs> and so it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, Shay. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's interesting too. I can relate to the discussion. It's like those young parts. And what I have found through utilizing IFS is as I do my work, the decisions that I'm able to make today tend to be more in alignment with who I am because I'm knowing myself more and knowing myself more gives me permission and acceptance to accept who I am and where I've been. And I think that's been one of my biggest learning processes personally. And, and because of that, I think that's what, why I'm so passionate about gifting the same thing to the clients and the people who I serve. So that's my takeaway as far as learning. One of the things that was extremely powerful was a very simple question that we often ask in IFS. And it's, is that okay? Is that okay? And when... My therapist first asked me that question. It kind of took me a minute. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, well, yeah, it is okay. (laughs) 
consent, right? Yes. It is okay for me to feel the way I feel, whatever that may be, to respond the way I responded. Yes, absolutely. It is okay. And here's the other thing for anybody listening that's not familiar with IFS, such a beautiful model. And I tell people all all of the time, it's so gentle. The other thing that was really transformative for me is I was maybe in a, in a, a role player. I, I don't remember. I don't think it was role play, but, but you know how we, we do our practice. And, and, and I was just kind of thinking back or, or processing some memories from my own childhood. And what was super powerful for me is that as it relates to legacy burdens, it was the first time that I was aware that, oh, well, no, you've been, yeah, your family had this map. They had this way of living things that they that they did, ways that they lived. And, and it just didn't resonate with you. It didn't resonate with me at all. Yes. And I said, all this bullshit that's running in mm-hmm. my family, I knew at an early age, that ain't how I'm gonna live my life. And then learning that my parts, oh honey, they can help me to, to do something different. That's right. There's a reason why I felt out of place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like th- there's a reason why I, I, I just was kind of the black sheep, which I, I, I love that, that, yes, thank you for my, my part that, that, that felt like a black sheep. Like I didn't belong. I wasn't supposed to belong. Oh, come on. I was, I was never designed to belong mm. in those activities and things and that, the, the, the lifestyle choices and all of, all of the burdens that were handed down. It wasn't for me to take on that mm. and it's because of IFS. Now I can stand tall and be like, no, like I'm good. I'm yeah. for real good. And my parks can help me live the life that I was actually created to live before my body knew trauma. Mm. That yeah. part. Yeah. So That's anyhow, Tasha, yeah. that, that part about it wasn't for me to take on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for me to take on. Right. It, it it was for me to stop it, to say, oh, no, that 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 ends with you. I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's um, I don't know. It's just and, and, and here's the other thing, you know, right now there's a buzzword gaslighting. We talk a lot about gaslighting, which, of course, we need this language. Right. We, we need it to kind of explain what what's happening. When you know your parts and then you can recognize somebody else's part, you can't be damn gaslit. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not about to be okie doke, bamboozled. Right. I see okay. you. I see you. Yes. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, I see, I see your parts coming out. I, I, I got what's going on. You know. And I know what's mine and I know what's yours, right? Like, I can. I, I know That's what's it. mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So I love this for, for black people. And, you know, can you, can you, for us, we, we needed, we needed this model. We needed this language, this way of understanding ourselves, but uh, can you all, you know, also talk about the beauty of IFS and how, you know, it really validates our experiences and, and, and helps us with the language of, of what we're going through and, and even some of the things that we've experienced as far as legacy burdens, but that just the power of, of either community or or the power of being validated. I think the legacy burden piece, you utilizing that in the model, particularly in a space that is black centered intentionally allows us to really not own it. 
just what you were talking about, Tasha, right? Like that, that doesn't belong to me. And to be able to see the bigger picture, right? The origin of where it came from. So we don't have to keep doing, we don't have to be committed and loyal to something that doesn't work. And I think that's where the legacy burdens and IFS really allows us to start to release some of those burdens and programming that no longer serves us or belongs to us. And this is so intentional, particularly, this is why I love BTR IFS trainings, because we have the space and the staff who know how to make the space and facilitate these kinds of conversations, which is critical in experience of really taking on the model, but also being able to benefit from the model without all these other injuries. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would say as far as being a person of color, having IFS, being in a community that sees you, hears you, values you, respects you, and we're going to do the damn thing together. That's good. We don't often get those spaces to do that, right? Like, I feel like a lot of times we're out here in the world and, you know, our our self-reliant parts can take center stage, you know, our kind of me, myself and I kind of take center stage just to operate in this society. And what I experience when I come in community with um, with BTR, with my girlfriends or, you know, any space where I'm creating community it just really feels to me like I'm, I'm more and more of who I was supposed to be. You know, I'm more and more who, who I am at my core. I'm more and more of who my people are at, at their core, right? Like he- healing. We were never meant to do this, you know, in isolation. Healing happens in community, right? And I think that's our initial way of being is in community. And so when we get to kind of put those parts to the side and come together and be together and see each other healing and see each other talking about stuff that we know is pent up inside of our being, you know, because it hasn't felt safe to be able to share it. When we get a space where we can do that, it's like, here, let me just leave this here. (laughs) Let me leave it here. And we can hold it in community and then go out in the world, right? Lighter, (laughs) (laughs) lighter, better, you know, all of the things. And so that feels really good for me, um, being in community, period, and in BTR. Yeah, I think the two things that are standing out from from what you just broke down, Tasha, around our family, like our family systems, like the family, you know, we're, we're brought into, and also recognizing there's like, there's that small community there, but also I'm still an individual, within my family and we are our ancestors wildest dreams it's going to take all it does all it takes is one person to to do something different that actually catapults what's supposed to be and when i think about legacy burdens you know spiritually i just think you know i think about generational curses is how black folks usually say it right like we got we were noticing like there are these generational curses quote unquote right that that are like seeping through our family. Like we feel it on a cellular level that we, we there's something that's got to be different. It's, it's almost like, well, how do I do that? I know, I, I know something's not necessarily right, but how do I get my courage up to, to, to step into that, that I know is different um, and better and execute it. And I, and I believe IFS helps us to be able to tap into the truth of it all so that we can execute the change. We can be the change agent, change agents within our family, right? Like, 
and and then what does that and again thinking about like the next generation and having the next generation be able to operate again like I'm all about like a, a place of ease the best way that we can right knowing knowing that there are external factors at play that will love to um have us held down but being able to have a sense of like true freedom within that does exuberate externally and everybody else can catch on to that and we can take off. Mm-hmm. hope that made sense. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and it also made me think about um, it, when, you know, when you talk about families, Andrea, it, this language, <laughs> this, this work, this, <laughs> this healing changes your relationships, how you, how you communicate, and I think that it, it it has the power to to really change generations. I really do believe believe that because we're not parenting in the way that we would normally parent. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Um, and we're able to have conversations with our children and, and partners and spouses and you know family members that maybe we're not you know couldn't have had before. Mm-hmm. Um. It's been more than one time after an IFS training where I went to my daughter with some kind of insight of, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, I responded in this way, but now I realize that that was a part yeah. and, and this yeah. is what was underneath that. And, and for her to be like, oh, it's mine's okay. <laughs> we, we good at it. You know, and I'm like, oh my God, this thing. <laughs> and I'm all in my feelings and she's like, ma. I didn't even, I didn't even get it. Like it wasn't even that big deal to, you know, if we, if I could have had this language, if, if other people in my, my, my family could have had this, mm-hmm. this ability to know what's underneath how you're showing up the energy that you're bringing, mm-hmm. there's some mm-hmm. shit that's underneath that, that needs to be addressed. Sure. That's causing you to behave and act in the way that you're acting. And so now She's able to, you know, b- based off of the healing that's taken place in me, her life is impacted and it, and it's yeah. changed. Yeah. And you know what, it, 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 what you're saying here, it, it, remind, it, it makes me think about how we can take on, we can take, take on this cape of like efforting and pressuring to lead by example. But now we're able to, uh, again, you're able to do that from a real, true, authentic place. Because I'm showing up and being like who I am, walking in my truth, able to understand what's happening so that I can communicate more effectively that has an undertone of like compassion and love to it, right? What are your, who do your children end up seeing from that space, right? Who do your friends end up experiencing? Who do your family end up experiencing? And then also, you know, because in some of this work, when we talk about being change agents, change agents within our families we are also talking about boundaries right mm-hmm. so right so when I say I'm I, when I'm putting in this boundary um I'm not telling you well because I just need to do this no I can I can articulate very clearly mm-hmm. that I don't want to participate in this because this does not feel safe this is not allow for me to give and to have autonomy around who like my, my being, my, my, my agency, right? So it's, it's this language, but, and it's, what does that language cause us to be able to like 
again, like step into communication wise, because I, I really can't tell you what's happening with me unless I done did a drop in and I understand what's happening on my inside. <laughs> what's happening for real first? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's hitting me. That communication piece is big. It's really big. And I, I'm even thinking about how I've been able to communicate differently with my with my children. And I think as a result of that, right, they won't have all these unhealed exiles walking around, you know, as they get older. Talk about generational, you know, changes and transformation, right? The work I'm doing allows me to to do reparative and restorative work in their systems so they won't have to walk around with unhealed exiles, which feels really huge to me. Right. And I can even say, hey, remember when you were five and I and I did this, how was that for you? Right. Because, you know, like I'm looking at that now and I was just in a place and that was not your fault and you shouldn't have to experience that. Wow. (laughs) You know, imagine someone says that to you at five, because I just think about my kids and there's a power dynamic. Right. And now I can I can see them in, in their parts and just be more compassionate and loving to them. And guess what? They do their own parts work now. So <laughs> my right. kids do their part, parts work. And so they get it. You know, they get it. Um, yeah. My daughter told me the other day, she said, I wish everybody knew parts work. And I was like, oh, girl, I just love you so much. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I, it's so interesting too, when we talk about future generations, because I also, it makes me think about the generation that parented us or, or myself. Right. And then how I'm able to show up differently as a parent and, and even the repair and the communication, that critical piece is so important to the relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it's like being able to have that connection because you are aware of your parts and your own sometimes areas of growth or even to take accountability when we add in the communication, right? You know, sometimes my son, he's 13, he drives me crazy sometimes. And I'm not, I'm, sometimes I'm acting out of parts, right? Mm-hmm. Out of frustration or impatience. And, but I can go back to him and apologize and be like, son, you know, I was overwhelmed in that moment. I was trying to, you know, make sure your sister was good. You're asking me for something. I have a meeting in 10 minutes, like able to explain instead of just projecting, you know, my my frustration onto him. And then him actually holding on to that as a right. black man into his 20s. Like my mom was always like frustrated when I was asking her a question where that doesn't belong to him. Right. That doesn't belong. That's not his burden to carry. Um, And so I love the conversation as far as like evolution as people, as as people of color, but also as mothers, as people who are going to influence future generations and how we have this major. um, It's like a role slash for me, responsibility. Right. For our for our children, our grandchildren, our great grandchildren and et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so beautiful when we can get to a place of really seeing ourselves for who we truly are. That's it. You know, Rakina, <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, now I'm not always functioning and in, in, in operating in self. Sometimes <laughs> none of us are. <laughs> Whatever part of <laughs> like. 
yeah. And so sometimes I have to go back and be like, let, let me apologize because you know <laughs> uh, this is what was going on, you, you know, but that's on a good, that's on a really good day, you know? So when I'm able mm. to, to do what Andrea said, you know, and drop, drop in and really know what the hell is going on in my system. So I, I kind of want to transition um, if we can into some, some fun questions. And and just ask, you know, as as black women and, and black therapists, what does it mean for you to to be black, to be to be not just to be black, but to be a black woman, and and then not only that, but to be a black therapist. I, I hesitate sometimes. I was going to say, you know, to be a black therapist and then a black healer, and I don't know how I feel about that that word healer. That feels that feels, but 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 to to be in this, we are facilitating and, and helping, right. Uh, co-laboring, you know, and then in this healing process. Yeah. I think, I I think it's the context and and when you, when we use words, right. Like to say, you know, I'm a black healer. Well, if I am on this journey of healing, I am, it's natural again, like I'm naturally going to be setting an example you know, some of the reasons why we connect to other people is because we see their light, like, right. We, we see something on them, in them, and we want some of that. And so I think there's a natural um, pull and tendency for us to be identified as healers, because when you, when you are, you know, doing the work, that is healing. There's an energy with there's an energy within that that the, that does translate and can jump on other folks and be healing. You know, I know people like being around me and I like being around other people. It's, it's just a vibe. It's just an energy that's there. Right. And that's healing. Like this is healing. Right. When 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 you post this, when you broadcast this and people hear us, they're going to be people that connect to this energy that they're hearing, this audible energy. So I don't mind. Um, yeah, I don't mind like having the right context around that title of being a black healer, being black, being a healer. And there are parts of me too that just own that, right? That I that I am a healer. My people were healers. My people's peoples <laughs> were healers, right? Like I just I, I've always felt that just in my spirit. And I think at our core, you know, in some shape or form. We all are healers, right? And and even thinking about IFS, you know, how this model works, that we're the resource, right? Like we can do it in community too, but like we have the resource internally to heal. To me, that says you are a healer, <laughs> you know, in, in some context, right? And so, so yeah, like I, I, I own that whether it's me working with other people or me working in my own system. Um, like, like for me, being a, a black therapist, being a black woman, like, like knowing that healer is one, one of my many superpowers, <laughs> right? Like I, I feel so much pride in, in who we are, who we are becoming, you know, what we're doing. And even just simple things like what we're learning about rest and what we're learning about not having to 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 be all things to all people. Right. Like I'm taking a whole sabbatical this summer because I've worked my ass off and I'm learning. I'm trying to learn how to do it differently. Right. Like I'm not here just to work. 
I'm not here just to do all of the things. I'm here to enjoy this life too, right? And I don't want to get to the point where it's time to enjoy it. And then, you know, I get sick, right? I don't, I don't want to see that happen to myself. Like I feel good right now and I just don't want to work. Oh, just, just do that alone. I want to enjoy this life. And so I'm really happy when I see other black women doing that because it's really, you know, they're really setting the stage that we're more than our work, you know, we're more than our work. And I think taking that stance is, is like an act of resistance to say that I'm going to vacation, to say that I'm going to modify my work week, <laughs> you know, to say that I'm going to, you know, kick my feet up and not do anything today. That is an act of resistance. And so I just, I, I love us. I love how we evolve. Yeah. And I love just being a part of that. No, I love that whole conversation about taking time out to focus on self. Um, it, to me, what it, my parts love that because it's like resisting that strong black woman stereotype, right? Like, who even put where did that even oh, come from? <laughs> who who, who, who told me I had to be that, right? And right. so the opposite of that is right, self-care, love, enjoyment, self-love, all all things that you want, you know, and love. And I think that's the beauty about being a black woman because there is so much, it is a superpower. I subgroup on that. And there's so much beauty just in us, right? Once we get to heal and we can really see each other and not compete with each other or dislike each other or judge each other or criticize each other or try to step over each other. Mm -hmm. there's so much beauty within us as individuals. And I think Andrea, you said, we're all beautiful black women. We're all brilliant. We all have our own specialty. Mm -hmm. And then we come together. That is, that's just so, that's like, you know, I, the ancestors would be like, you know, if we could see them, they would be happy to even see that we're doing that. And it's so interesting when you get to that maturity and that level in your healing, you can embrace other women of color and other people of color because it's all infiltrated, you know, for us to dislike each other. So that's my piece on being a black woman and loving black people. The second part is, I think, being a black therapist and a black healer. Um, I truly believe this is one of my life assignments, you know, to come in, to come down here and work on myself, right? Be a lifelong learner slash, you know, evolver so that I can share and spread and serve and, and give to other people who look like me. Um, and I think that's, that's such a, just like being a parent, I think being a healer and a therapist is a responsibility too, um, for me to know my system, to keep working through my stuff, you know, um, so that I can continue to assist my clients and whoever I serve, even my students, you know, evolve and see themselves. Tina, I was, um, uh, as you were speaking, I, I just wrote a note, especially as it relates to the way that we, that we harm each other because anti-blackness and white supremacy is, it's in all of us. And I often tell people it's not enough to just be black. It's not enough. You, you it's just not enough. You have to really do the work to look at 
how is anti-Blackness instilled in your blood, in your being, in your family, in the energy that you bring to every room, to every meeting, to every conversation, in your relationships. Challenge that shit. Quit harming each other. Yep. Yeah. And 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 so, you know, that's that's the real work. That's the healing is how is anti-Blackness instilled in me? Mm-hmm. And using your language, Andrea, when you drop in and you really start noticing all that shit, like where did that come from? We don't have to fight each other. (laughs) I'm only competing (laughs) against the previous unhealed version of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not competing Mm -hmm. with anybody else. We don't have to. There's enough money. There's enough room. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and what you're saying here, I I think also it's, it's like, when, when we're using these terms and we're having these conversations about anti-Blackness and how it shows up in my language and in the lens that I'm looking through, and also like this internalized capitalism, right? Again, Crystal, that's what you're talking about here. Like exactly when I say, <laughs> right? Like understanding what, what these terms actually mean and what they look like so that we can have the space to, in love, gently call it out within one another so that we can combat it, right? And, and, and again, like pivot and change. Um, and I think that that is, all, so the rest of the conversation around, you know, what does it mean to be a Black therapist? What, 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 like, what is so special, right? What, what is special about the Black woman? It's everything that we've already said here and that people can come to a place in a space that can be curated for safety for them to talk about all of this shit that is impacting our insides. Yes. <laughs> can you please talk about the safe container that we provide? And that we need. I mean, well, well, listen, when you talk about like being able to quote unquote, be real and raw, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't think a lot of us are walking into our sessions with our sister or our brother, like with that clinical jargon, right? You know, I don't, I mean, I, I, I just can't, I can't subscribe to it. I got to put it in my twang and my slang, you know, <laughs> it, it, right. Yeah. Like I, you don't have to come with all the guard up. The guard is going to be there and it's needed. Sure. Even, even when I'm face to face with someone who looks like me. Right. But it's, it's different. It it feels different when someone can come and say, Oh, you look like me. I I bet you, you got a clue. And I don't even have to go into all full throttle detail. I can, you know, we can hear what's being said in the undertone, Mm -hmm. right. We could throw up the hand and be like, you know, they acting up today that rubbing that palm. You know, we can we can we can do some sign language and communicate and understand what we're talking about here. Right. And even talk about that. Like, why why can I not just say how I've been impacted by this white woman or this white man in in the office? Mm -hmm. Right. But we got to even even in private, we're still like, you know how they you know how they do. Right. We can we can go in and understand just it's just it's just different right it's just different when you're sitting face to face even if it's, a, if it's a person or via technology thank goodness for technology um that we can be with somebody that gets it because it can feel like we're like isolated it's like 
our community is isolated. And I'm just talking about the black community. I ain't talking about the IPOC. I'm just talking about black, <laughs> the B, okay? You know, because I mean, sometimes people want to, you know, use BIPOC as the whole throttle and there's it, some differences here, okay? The black struggle look a little different from other folks and, and other folks stuff look different from ours, right? That it, it's that off rip that becomes a curator of safety. Cause I can't always say that I'm, the space is gonna be safe. Cause I might show up in the space with my parts, right? As a therapist, it happens, but that's that's the beauty of understanding IFS in that it's a partnership here and 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 creating that therapeutic relationship. You know, that's that's like that's that additional element there, and we can curate this safe space together. Pass the plate. That was church right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Being a black therapist. And being in community with all of you and, and with others, it also gave me the language to say, I am not the therapist for everybody. Well, I'm not open to everybody because I'm going to call out white supremacy. I'm going to yeah. call out capitalism. I'm going to call out patriarchy. I'm going to call out anything that's oppressive to the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. So I'm not everybody's therapist and mm-hmm. being, being new to this field, I've, I've been a therapist for about five years mm-hmm. and, and being in school, it was, um, I got the impression based off of, of teaching and, and my, my white clinical supervisor and, and white advisors and whatnot, that, that there was some ethics around this and that I needed to, to be able to hold space for every person, no matter what they brought in. And now I know that that's some bullshit. Like you can't come, you can't come to me with everything. You can't just say anything to me. Right. And I hold space for whatever you say. That's right. Yeah. It's almost like the title of therapist because it's become, it it got warped. Like there's a warpness within that. That means because I'm a therapist, there's just this blanket of, I just take this quote unquote, take anything. And that's not how this, this ain't how that, first of all, this ain't how that's going to work. Now, I don't know who set that rule up, <laughs> but uh, we got to dismantle that too, yeah. right? Like, yeah. so I, I hear you on that, Tasha. I hear you on that. You're right. Yeah. It was right. making me feel like a punching bag, right? Like, I don't, I don't have to be anybody's punching bag, <laughs> right? Like in a supportive role, that doesn't mean that I get to get beat up on. Like, so yeah. we do get to reverse that. Yeah. And we are almost done with our interview. So Rakeen, I'm going to start with you because you've been, you've been quiet for a minute and, and I, and I miss your voice. So I'm going to start with you. Uh, who or what inspires you? My family, my children, music, friends, travel, the beach, listening to a good book, being among community connection. And, and and I think, you know, when I think about that question, something else that came to me was like just happy souls, you know, people who are just good, right? Because then you, you get that vibe, like, you good? I'm good. Okay, let's connect. Let's have this conversation. Let, let, let's hang out. Let's grab a bite or whatever. Happy souls feel so good to me at this stage of my life. Crystal, who or what inspires you? My grandmother inspires me. My grandmother, she turned 91 in January. I want to say she's 91. And um, 
She's just an amazing woman. Her social life, she got more of a social life than me. Um, And just the way people love her, like people love her because she was always like that. She has that mothering and nurturing. She was a counselor too, right? She just has that spirit. And my mom inspires me because she shows me at any age, right? You can, you can flip and do something different, right? When I was growing up, she was a social worker supervisor. Then she went into private practice. Then she went back to school to get her doctorate and, and, and be a pastor. So like just to see her switch it up over time lets me know that anytime I want to, if it's no longer serving me, I can switch it up, right? Nature inspires me. Like I'm always like just kind of looking out my window, and my kids inspire me. When I look at them, like my thoughts are like, they're, they're so much better than me. Like when I, you know, I, you, I always hear that narrative of you, you got to be better than I was when I was your age. That's what my dad always told me. And I know that's, that's not the, that's not the narrative that I pass on to my kids. But when I see them, I'm just like, man, y'all are so much more knowledgeable um, and with that knowledge comes so much more power. And I just get really excited about what kind of adults they're going to be because they're such amazing um, humans. They really are. And so that's what inspires me. My relationship with my husband inspires me. Um, so, yeah, just good people. Love inspires me. Um, when I feel love, when I give love, when I receive love, like that inspires me. It inspires my heart. Everything that Rakina and Crystal has have said here and just the zest to live life from a fulfilled way. And that is what Rakina and Crystal are talking about. Like those are the elements that make up a fulfilled, a fulfilled life. The people who are around us, the people that we come in contact with, the love the receiving and the giving of that love. Yeah. There's just, there's just a real, there's a, there's a giddiness and eagerness to really experience my life from a, just from a, a different level of awareness. It's almost like, um, it's almost like when you wake up, when you wake up and you're like, Oh, it's, it's morning time. All right. What am I going to do? Am I going to relax and stay here? And that's okay too. Or am I going to get up and move and do something differently? That's good too. But either way, ain't no pressure. I'm here while my time is here. I just want to make the best of it. Curating what that will look like. That's just being present, learning more about me, learning more about others and staying in connection with others. Help me have that experience. Thank you all so much for for joining me today. Um, I love y'all for real. Like for real, for real. Um, Indeed. Yeah, thank you. Yes, you are love, Tasha. Yeah, I love each of y'all. So good to, to be here with y'all. Yes, indeed. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to When We Speak. Follow me on Instagram at Tasha Hunter LCSW. If you haven't done so yet, please rate, review, and follow me on iTunes and share it on your social media. If you want a copy of my book, What Children Remember, it is available on Amazon. Until next time.